Handsome Quarterly. I'm your host, Cliff Hickman, and I'm here once again with my co-host, BJ Lisko from the Akron Beacon Journal. BJ, how are you doing today? Doing good, Cliff. Doing good. Glad uh, glad we got another uh, what looks like another good uh, AEW pay-per-view on the card here for this weekend. Yes, uh, as you know, we've kind of transitioned away from the WWE pay-per-views like most of the viewing masses and transitioned to the AEW major events, so I think we're much happier for it. <laughs> absolutely, man, absolutely, you know. Uh, I do want to touch on WWE uh, out of the out of the gate here, though. I mean, what do you think about you know, all these releases they just did? A whole other round of them, and some of the names on there. Really surprising, you know, Carrying Cross and Scarlet, and then, uh, you know, with, uh, with the Canton connection, uh, Brianna Brandy, who was BFAB, who just got called up to the main roster, is like let go within <laughs> literally days of being called. Redid, they just redid her contract and gave her a main roster deal. That made no sense whatsoever. And she was in the middle of the feud and the only woman in the hit row group. It made no sense whatsoever. I'm baffled. That one in particular kind of baffles me. Some of yeah. the other ones, you know, you knew they just didn't have any clue what they were doing with them. That one, it's like mid-feud. You're just like, okay, you're done. I feel bad for her because, uh, you know, like I said, she worked her way through NXT, gets her way out of the, uh, you know, gets her way out of the main, uh, you know, out of the main roster. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know, Vince McMahon pulls the rug out. It's just weird what they've done with NXT. It's, it's, it's almost like it's very, very developmental now. Like they don't even have, you know, I mean, there's, there's a big uh, a big gap in in uh, in what they're uh, in the I guess in the wrestlers that are that are good on NXT they're they're really good then but it's it's showing off how green some of these other some of these other uh, some of these other performers are and they're kind of transitioning the ones that are really really good out it seems like yeah it's uh it's <laughs> yeah I don't know man you know Triple H went away and uh, WWE is doing some 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 very very weird stuff I mean. You know, they have, obviously, you know, we, you know, Pro Wrestling Quarterly, we used to do this around the, the big WWE pay-per-views, and they have, they have one coming up, um, you know, the, the weekend after this with Survivor Series, and, you know, I haven't followed WWE really at all. The only thing, other than the releases and then uh, uh, the other sort of intriguing storyline there, um, Becky Lynch will fight Charlotte Flair, which should be a great match on that, um, but, you know, some, uh, some, real, uh, some real heat backstage between those two, I don't know if you saw uh, yeah, that's kind of the modern day Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. It feels like the female version of it anyway, where the two performers aren't exactly getting along. And, uh, now they, now they gotta go in there against each other. So yeah, I think that always draws some eyes. I mean, there'll certainly be intrigue around that for sure. More so than there would be had there not be any personal conflict because everything because of the way WWE does their booking is just very cold. Like no one's. And speaking of releases, I hate to go back to that. Keith Lee is the one that stands out to me is they're just handing someone a a star, I think. <laughs> that guy's so good. Without, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, as as much as they built him up and as, as over as he was and as big as he got, you know, you know, the guy goes away for a little while, uh, for I I'm trying to remember why he was gone, but um whether it was injury or or, or something else, but uh but yeah, and then you just yeah, it comes back and they squash them and it just, it just, it just made, yeah, it's just zero sense. But yeah, somebody is going to get a rating star. I, I would be really surprised if he didn't end up in AEW. And AEW is at the point where their roster is already kind of so loaded. I mean, and with the amount of releases, I mean, they, they can't take everybody. Um, you know, no. anyway, so they're going to, but they're going to be able to kind of pick and choose who they want because that's, that's definitely the, uh, the premier place to go, um, outside of WWE. I, I would say out of that current crop, Keith Lee obviously is a guy that they would, I would imagine, be very interested in. And we're not even talking about Ring of Honor basically ceased operations and released all mm-hmm. the wrestlers. And there's some really good guys there, so they're going to have their pick of, of the guys there. And speaking of Keith Lee, his longtime tag team partner, Shane Taylor, who's from the Cleveland area, was part of the, you know, he's a free agent now from Ring of Honor. You want to talk about a massive athletic tag team of two big guys that can do things that guys that size shouldn't be able to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a different that's a different team. If you bring them in, they would kind of tower over the AEW guys because they're both six, you know, six three, and they they would probably look even bigger than they would in WWE compared to those guys. But uh, 
but they can really hang with the, the smaller wrestlers with their athleticism. I would kind of like to see both those guys end up in AEW together. Yeah, that would be excellent. And, uh, you know, uh, to talk about uh, a great tag team there, too. And then another intriguing one, the Briscoe brothers. I, I want to see them in, in, in AEW and I want to see, oh, FTR. Yeah. I want to see FTR versus the Briscoes. I think that would be, uh, just to talk about just unbelievable and, 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 uh, you know, the, the potential there. That is a match I, I want to see. And, you know, that's the match I think FTR wants to see too, because the second that Ring of Honor ceased operations, either Dax or Cash, all they wrote was Briscoes. They just one, one word tweet, you know? So, so yeah, that would be, yeah, that'd be excellent. But yeah, like we said, AEW is going to be able to kind of pick and choose, uh, you know, sort of who they, who, who they want out of, uh, out of all these recent releases. Yeah, the Briscoes are a team, not a, just because they've been in Ring of Honor based, you know, forever, but man, they're, they're so good. I've seen those guys live a bunch of times and they're incredible. They're just, I think Jim Cornette always said, you can't write those guys. I mean, they're just so unique and, you know, they really are real life chicken farmers. That's their day job. They have a, a big farm in Delaware and they farm chickens. Which is why they always kept going to Ring of Honor because they didn't have to go on the road six days a week. You know, they had to show up to tapings and pay-per-views. Otherwise, they're on the farm working. So, and in AEW, luckily for them, if they did go there, probably wouldn't be, you know, six days a week like the old WWE house show circuit was. So, that might work out for them. Obviously, they're a good one. Bandito, the former ROH world champion, that's another guy. I'd imagine. I mean, he was at the all-in pay-per-view when that started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's only 24. That's another guy that's super impressive live. And I, I met him. Super nice guy. So, you you know, I, that guy, to me, you you, don't, you you hate this used overblown comparisons, but if you, you know, if done right, he could be kind of the next Rey Mysterio to me because he's so young but so good. And he's bigger than Ray. You know, he's about five eight, five nine. He's he's got a few more inches of height, but he is so athletic and he's so strong. He does one of those uh you know, the uh backflip uh throwaway slams. He does it off the top rope to guys that are much bigger than he did it to Jeff Cobb once and I about lost my mind, so I don't know. Bandito is another guy I think they've been interested in before and that's another guy I would want. You're kind of looking for something different than they have at this point. Brody King at 6'3", that's another guy that, I mean, he may go New Japan. He's kind of already on strong quite a bit and was, you know, more so being used by New Japan than Ring of Honor. But he's such a unique-looking individual. And then TCO, even though he is, like, 54 years old, is such a unique character. The Frankenstein thing where they're electrocuting him and, and uh one name to watch, though, is Danhausen, because mm-hmm. I think he's more valuable to seeing what they did with Orange Cassidy and making that viable. Danhausen's another guy that's really weird and really unique, but I think would big, be big with that AEW audience. Well, let's get to our uh, our main event here on the podcast. We have full gear on Saturday. And, uh yeah, I think there's one, two, three, four, five, what, eight, eight matches here on the card. Uh, the first one I've got here, uh, Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Super Click, which is Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. This one kind of feels sort of like the pre-show match. It, it might even be on the buy-in, quite honestly, if they, if, if they're doing that again. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure this will be an entertaining match. I don't know that there's a lot of, uh, it, it just sort of a way, I think, like, like, like we said, to get Adam Cole and the Young Bucks to get all these guys on, on, on this card. But, uh, I don't have a whole heck of a lot of takeaways or kind of thoughts one way or the other. I think it'll be entertaining. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks are, are, are gonna go over here, but, uh, but yeah, well, what are your thoughts? I mean, how deep is your roster when that's your opener? That was, you know, you could probably, when they started, that would have main evented probably some shows, probably at least a dynamite one week. So when you're at a point that's your opener, that just speaks to the depth you build up. I mean, that match will be super fun. I have no doubt about it. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the match that I'm probably most intrigued with, um, uh, the next one here, I've got Darby Allen versus MJF. 
Um, you know, both of these guys are, they're, they're AEW talents, right? So, uh, they're, they're new guys. They are going to be the face of the company for, you know, just like MJF said in the promos for, um, for quite a long time to come. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this one because it's, it's a, it's definitely a, it could be a bit of a styles clash, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Darby Allen has proved he can wrestle. MJF wrestles well. He's, you know, uh, obviously known, uh, mostly for his promos, but he's great in the ring. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with this because they've talked about it. They, they teased that it was going to be a wrestling match. Um, not really, you know, Darby Allen doing the crazy high flying stunts. Um, I'm not to say that there wouldn't, there, there won't be one possibly in here, you know, to, to end it off or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I'm really curious to see where they go with this match. Yes, uh, Darby Allen, I have no, I have no, no doubt he'll do something ridiculous. Like he kind of did throwing himself through the, through the ropes and into the post against CM Punk, he always does something just absolutely absurd. And I think sooner rather than later, one of these two guys is going to be world champion. As far as the guys they built and grown themselves, those are the two odds on favorites to me. I think they're the furthest ahead. Obviously, Jungle Boys in that mix and Sammy Guevara is another guy that started to, to climb up there, but I think as far as which one's going to break through for a world championship, it's probably a race between those two. I mean, Darby Allen is really – the crowd just loves that guy everywhere he goes. And um I don't know. I just – if Kenny holds on to it, which we'll, we'll talk about later, I'd, I'd imagine Darby Allen's got to get a shot at some point at that. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, um as far as predictions for this match, I I kind I of – Flip a coin. I, I kind of feel like Darby Allen's going to go over here, but I don't. I, but I don't know. I mean, it could go. I, I could see this going either way. I don't see anybody being particularly upset if it goes either way. I I'll know. take MJF. I think because I think he would benefit the most from a win. Darby Allen's not going to be any less over if he drops this one. That's very true. Um, and I do think. Uh, the one thing MJF might have going for him, the last time we saw, you know, the last time the pay-per-view had was against Jericho where they did kind of the, the sort of the false finish and, you know, MJF thinking he won and then, and then he loses. Um, they're, they're, they're really trying to keep that sort of, uh, you know, he, you know, that, that whole, uh, you know, he hasn't been pinned clean, um, kind of angle with him. And they're still, like I said, they, they still refers to it and they're still, it's still there. So. So yeah, I could see him going over here. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, again, I'm just going to be curious to see, to see what they do and then where they go from, from this match, depending on sort of what happens. And if there's, uh, you know, do you, do we get MJF versus Wardlow at some point, uh, here soon? They've, you know, they keep teasing that every so often. You know, that's going to, event, that's going to happen eventually. I just, you know, it's just w- when and where do you do it? Yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. You wonder how big Wardlow will be when that turn happens. Because you've seen in the past, some guys have gotten a lot of, obviously in the mid nineties, you think Kevin Nash, that's how he became kind of a megastar was when he turned on Shawn Michaels finally. And then more recently, you think of Dave Batista when he turned on Evolution and Triple H that made, you know, he was over huge. Very curious to see where this next one goes. And, uh, the AEW Tag Team Championship, uh, on the line with, uh, the Lucha Brothers, uh, versus FTR. Um, this has been kind of a cool feud. You called this feud actually a little while back, you know, it's about <laughs> saying they're going to give the belts to Lucha Brothers so eventually FTR can get it. I kind of think FTR is going to go over here, but I don't know how they figure in the AAA, the AAA championships if FTR just relinquishes them if they get the win on AEW or, 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 or how, or how this is going to work. I'm curious. Um, uh, you know, I know the match itself is going to be tremendous because everything FTR has done lately has been tremendous. And I'm so glad that they're being used the way they're being used now. Just because even on their dark matches, even, you know, if it's dark or dark elevation and FTR is there and now that there's crowds in the building, I mean, they're over with all those crowds. And so, uh, I, I just, I just really like what they've been doing with these guys here lately. And, uh, and, and I do think that they're going to end up getting the belts here. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just where do they go? Uh, where do they go from that point? Yes. I, I think they, they get them as well. And then I think it just opens up the more interesting possibilities for them. Especially if you're going to bring in somebody like the Briscoes, who would be, you know, baby faces, obviously. That would be ready-made for them. So, uh, yeah, I I just, I like FTR being champions anyway. I just, uh, you're guaranteed a great match. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not to say it's not the case with the Lucha Brothers, although they sometimes have styles clashes where you see them with certain guys, it just doesn't flow, you know. But with certain guys, it really flows well, and they're, and they're fantastic. But uh, what's uh, what's interesting about that? You speaking of styles clashes, the first time I saw FTR versus Lucha Brothers, which I don't remember when that was from, but it was a while back. But it was a definite styles clash. Um, but the last, you know, when they since they've you know uh, gotten kind of through that, whatever, their more recent matches, FTR, uh, you know, has has obviously led those matches, uh, but. But they've let the Lucha Brothers do their stuff as well too, but where to where it's just it just flows so well and makes sense and uh and everything looks great. Um so yeah, I mean uh, you know, it it's just, you know, a, a little bit of trial and error obviously at first, I'm sure, you know, when the when when they fought for the first time, however you know, many months ago that was, this has got the makings of a of, of a five star match for sure. Yes, and yeah, I maybe yeah, I I like FTR in that one. I think it just opens up a whole bunch of interesting possibilities for guys that are coming in and guys there next uh next up on the card the inner circle uh chris jargo jake hager sam guevara and santana ortiz uh versus uh american top team and the men of the year so ethan page and scorpio sky and then uh junior dos santos uh andre arlovsky and dan lambert this one i i don't i don't know how you know when you bring shooters in to to wrestle and Jericho loves to do matches like this. Um, sometimes it looks really good. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it can be, uh, you know, a little klutzy or you know, a, a little disjointed. Uh, I'm curious to see what this is. I think the finish is going to be Dan Lambert taking the Judas effect at some point. That's going to be the finish. But I, you know, I, I am I am curious to see what what how how this one comes off. You know, speaking of the we said mentioned Styles clashes before. I mean, when you got shooters that don't really wrestle. How do you kind of hide that to make that work uh, in the sense of a wrestling match? But I'm curious to see how they do it. I, I will say I saw Junior Dos Santos in that original tag match where they put him with Jake. Him and Jake Hager, that did, that looked pretty good to me mm. when they were in there together and do it because, you know, Jake Hager obviously has the MMA background as well. And they were able to do things, and it didn't look bad. You know, you could tell they weren't going full bore, but it, it was not bad. And, you know, Andre Arlovsky's been, uh, those are big names. And, you know, you had Jorge Masvidal. I don't know if he's going to factor into this at all, but that's like one of the top selling guys in the UFC pay-per-view wise. I was kind of stunned they were letting him get in there and be, do anything at all just because he's so valuable to UFC right now as a, as a big pay-per-view draw. I mean, he's probably over the past couple of years, one of easily top, I'd say top five. I mean, obviously McGregor's at the top there. But those Santos is kind of, um, I don't know how to, you know, I don't want to disparage. I would say down, you know, he's older now. He's kind of on, you know, he was world champion a few years ago, explosive striker, but he slowed down a bit. I mean, those battles with Kane Velasquez were pretty brutal. And the consensus was that probably shortened his career a bit. Some of those, those fights he took with him. Andre Arlovsky has had peaks and valleys, but obviously he was one of the guys in early MMA that was huge. He always has the unique vampire mouth guard, and he's done some action movies and things. So I think the that has the possibility of bringing in some people that maybe aren't professional wrestling fans. Is the I think the upshot with that there may those are two big enough names that people would pay attention outside the professional wrestling sphere at least. You know, I'm curious too going forward what they do with Santana and Ortiz after this. Um, you know, they have really emerged as as uh, one of the top tag teams here, um, and I, I love the you know the the newer you know sort of the new intensity that they've had in in, in recent matches. Obviously, they had some good ones with FTR, um, but yeah, I'm curious to see where they go after this or what. And what happens really with the inner circle after this? Um, you know, uh, they've kind of they had the long thing with the pinnacle, and now it's you know, with uh, uh, with American Top Team. But, yeah, I mean, kind of everybody involved here. You know, Sammy Guevara is the TNT champion, so obviously he'll be wrestling a lot uh, a lot on TV here coming up. Um, but no one really keeps that title too, too long. Um, you know, I have a feeling that that, that title is going to kind of change hands quite a bit. So, But I am curious to see, like I said, what they what they do with uh, really with, with everybody in their circle going forward after this. Yeah, Santana and Ortiz, I mean, I don't know if they'd be hesitant to go back to them versus FTR. I felt that feud was very, very quick, though. 
where they only had a couple of matches really against each other, there's there's at least one more match in that feud you could do easily, and I think it'd be really good. For sure. I think um, they pivoted out of that when, you know, I, I think there would have been a lot more matches there, um, but when Cash got, you know, hurt, you know, he had the freak freak accident, you know, catching his you know, arm on the turtle, yeah. ripped it open, yeah. gruesome injury. Yeah, there was obviously a lot more probably in play between those two tag teams, and then, you know, uh, so yeah, we didn't, we didn't get the, the full, you know, the full feud there, but, uh, definitely something I'm sure they'll revisit in the future. Yeah, you could easily get another high caliber pay-per-view or dynamite or rampage main event out of that. I would watch it because, I mean, the final match was really, really good between those two teams. I just think there's more there you can do at least one more time. Absolutely. You know, uh, the next match here, uh, talk about a match that went from, we didn't even know it was happening to now, you know, just a must-see match uh, based on the promos these guys have done against each other in the last couple of weeks. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Boy, this is like the the the, the promo that they did back and forth with each other on Dynamite last week. Just fantastic. I just Eddie Kingston is so good on the mic as is CM Punk, and Eddie Kingston is like he just comes off. He's just so real. You want to see these guys go now? I mean, it, you know, th- this wasn't even a match two, three weeks ago, and now it's like, you know, all eyes are going to be on this, and this this has the potential to be uh, to be sort of the, the, the show stealer. I think it, I mean, Eddie Kingston to me can make, uh, you talk about a guy that you go back to the Tommy Boy reference that can sell a ketchup flavor popsicle to a woman in white gloves, that's Eddie Kingston. <laughs> he can make anything interesting, no matter the time, and you know what, I think I might we haven't seen Homicide back after he made that one appearance. I wonder if Eddie Kingston somehow pulls some trickery and gets this one. I would be I think that's the most interesting way to go, to be honest. I would like to see Eddie Kingston uh, get the win here. I, you know, um, if you look at it on paper, you think oh, there's no way Eddie Kingston's going to beat CM Punk. But I, you know, I, I, fans are really liking Eddie Kingston a lot. He just wrote, uh, I don't know if you saw, he tweeted it out. Um, he wrote an article and I can't remember what, what the, what the publication was for that he wrote it for, but it was just all about his battles with, you know, kind of growing up and, and, and struggling with, you know, with depression and, and just, uh, a really, really heartfelt and touching article. And it, it just, everything he does just endears himself even more to the fans. So yeah, I could see him getting, getting the win here. You know, I, I could even, like, part of me even could see him getting the win here clean, which is, which is crazy to say, but I could see Punk putting him over. Like, you know, what, How's it going to hurt CM Punk to put over Eddie Kingston? It's not. I mean, he's, he's still going to be uh, his star power is so so gigantic. It's not like he's going anywhere. Um, you know, you talk about a guy that a loss really isn't going to hurt him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could I could see this going a, going a variety of ways. Yeah, it's uh, and that's what makes it so interesting. Usually, you look at especially other companies, you can say, well, this guy's losing this. This, you know what I mean? This is one. You know, like you said, CM Punk's probably expected to win by most people. I think it's a little closer to toss a coin, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. It's really kind of like that way with almost every match on this card is is, is like that. You could you could it see, really is. You know, so which which is which is wonderful. I mean, it's 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 great because it just builds it just builds the suspense because you're not you don't know what they're going to do and it's it's just not predictable. So, you know, the next match this might be the only one that I think is going to go that I think is easy to call. You know, Brian Danielson versus Miro. I think this is going to be a great match. Um, you know, I, I like that, you know, Miro comes in, you know, John Moxley, uh, leaves for, uh, you know, to take care of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, some, some drinking issues, some personal issues. But, um, you, you put Miro in there and Miro has been since sort of they fumbled with him at the start where, you know, he came out and he was just being goofy and we didn't know what he was. Since he's, like, flipped, like, he has done a complete 180, and now, I mean, he is just, his promos are great. He's a monster. Uh, his work's good. Um, so, I, you know, this is going to be a hard-hitting match for sure. Um, I think Brian Danielson goes over here because, you know, the winner gets a title shot, and I think that's generally kind of where they're going. But uh, but I'm still, this is still going to be a great match and, 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 and for sure worth watching. Yes, um, I'm kind of interested to see. I, I think this is the first time we may get to see like Miro fully unchained against the top level opponent. You know what I mean? When he had the TNT title, they were putting him against usually small, with, with some exceptions. I thought he had a great match with Eddie Kingston, and that was 
obviously two bigger burly guys hammering into each other uh, throughout the last pay-per-view. But for the most, uh, most of the time, it was him throwing around Fuego, Del Sol, and, and guys that, that, that were significantly smaller. Obviously, mm-hmm. Brian Danielson's smaller, but it's just a completely different style, and he hits so hard that, yeah, I think this, I don't know, something about this has me really intrigued where this could be uh, kind of one I think that may take people by surprise how good it is. I know people expect a lot out of Brian Danielson. I think you may be surprised at how well Miro does, though, in this type of environment because he never really had this chance anywhere else to to go in there with a top guy like Danielson and say, hey, wrestle for 20 minutes. You know, the match hasn't even started, and Brian Danielson's chest is already red and bleeding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know they're gonna beat the they're gonna they're gonna chop the hell out of each other. Um poor Brian Danielson, man. He he takes some brutal chops, man, but he sells them well, man. I, I God, that that that's it's just it's just gotta hurt, man. Yeah. He's on a hot I mean, you talk about a guy that's putting on great matches every time out. Everything yeah. I've seen with him has been just spectacular. Yeah, he has been he has been fantastic since he's been back. Um, but yeah, you're right. Every match has been good. It's just you stop and yeah, you can get lost in the match. I mean, which is uh, uh, just a credit to how to, to how great he is. Um, you know, moving on, we got two two more matches here: the AEW Women's Championship, uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD versus Ty Conti. This one should be interesting. Uh, uh, you know, Ty Conti has definitely become uh, much more of a fan favorite here. Um, you know, recently. Britt Baker has always been good, always a good talker, always a good worker, uh, and uh, and yeah, I mean, this is going to be uh, an intriguing matchup, and I could I could see Ty Conti pulling the upset here. I don't know, I don't know if they'll do, if they'll do it. Um, I don't know if they'll switch that. I mean, it doesn't seem like Britt Baker's had the belt quite long enough yet um, for them to, for them to switch, but um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be uh, uh, an intriguing matchup as well, and, uh, and and I'm sure a quality matchup. Oh, absolutely. And when you talk about WWE releases that have found their, their style and their way, I think Ty Connie's got to be at the, at the top of the list. She went from barely appearing on TV to now. I mean, she's become really good everywhere I've seen her. I've kind of been out of that roster of women. We always talk about it being kind of thin. That's one that's really impressed me over the past year as far as how she's developed and really stepped up her game and joined that that, that top class of uh, wrestlers. This is by no means, you know, we used to talk about the early AEW women's matches where it's like, oh yeah, that's the that's the snack run or whatever you want to call it, but that that's not the case with this one. No, not at all. And and AEW too. I mean, you know, uh, with the additions, you know, uh, obviously of Thunder Rosa, um, Serena Deeb has been excellent. I lo- I love her as a heel. Um, you know, there has been some intriguing, uh, uh, some intriguing developments for the for the women's roster, and, and it's it's slowly getting better. And with all these recent releases too, you got to think AEW is going to look and, and and get a couple more of these, uh, you know, a couple of these free agents that are out there, you know, from WWE because uh, it, it can only help bolster, you know, uh, bolster that division. Well, you see what it did for another names. Ruby Soho has been really impressive since. That yep. was another person that really couldn't get any TV time and, you know, always had an interesting aura about her, and that's that's proven to be correct. She's been great. I really liked her matches with uh, Britt Baker she had, so I just, I don't know. I, I really like the way that's trending, and in a perfect world, that's where you hope. You talked about uh, uh, Perry's uh, B-Fab from WWE. In a perfect world, that's still an interesting prospect. You wonder if she would slide into the women's division somewhere. Yeah, boy, I hope so. Um, I would love to see her, uh, in, in AEW and, you know, obviously with, uh, the, the, the Canton connection and stuff. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it would be great to see her land on her feet there. Um, and I think she would be, you know, she would go from sort of preliminary. I mean, she would immediately be one of the top people there, you know, one of the top women. So, um, yeah, very, very, very curious to see where, where, where she ends up and, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it's here, honestly. Um, you know, we get to the AEW World Championship match. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. This one, I think, is going to be a great match. Obviously, I I, I think Kenny Omega is going to win this. I, I don't know if there's – I don't know that they pull a fast one and, and, and Adam Page gets it here. Um, but I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you think there's any chance they uh, that they go with the Hangman here? I wouldn't be shocked. I actually would kind of like it. 
I think, you know, it's getting close to time or past time to pull the trigger on Adam Page. I, I think, you know, he's kind of been at that, you know, next big superstar, you know, moniker or, you know, in the thought process the last few years. I I honestly would like to see him get it here. And if you get him and Brian Danielson at the next pay-per-view, I mean, it's technically two baby faces. But at the same time, I'm not turning down that match. I think that match would be fantastic. And, no, uh, I, yeah, I just, I would watch that. I, I certainly agree. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you, you know, you, you don't think of it that way. You just think, like, all right, you, it, it seems so – it seems so much like they're going toward Danielson versus Omega. Like that's what they're that's what that's what they're 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 gonna they're trending toward for for a world title match. But yeah, I mean they could pull a fast one here and and, and have it go to Hangman and Page. But uh, and I and I don't think anybody would be particularly upset with that. Um, I think it would be a bit of a surprise, but I don't think anybody would be upset. No, I think it'd be a huge pop. Actually, Hangman's just uh, I I love watching that guy. He's so <laughs> I have no doubt this match is going to be spectacular. Every time it's been done, it's been great. You know, you think back to last year, the champ or the championship round of the World Title Eliminator they did originally. It was those two, and they let off the pay per view, and they only had like fifteen minutes, but it was it was superb. I have no doubt this is going to be great. And obviously, you're right. The conventional thinking is it's Kenny versus Daniel Bryan, yeah, Dan, or Brian Danielson. They'll get the get the name reversed and correct now that he's out of the WWE system. But you know, they obviously kind of planted the seeds to that with the time limit draw at the at the big match in New York. And I think Brian Danielson's probably ultimately the guy that ends the the Kenny Omega reign. I think is kind of what they've been building toward, but I don't know. I just, maybe it's just my heart talking where I'd like to see Hangman uh, uh, kind of surprise everyone and, and get the win there. Where do you think CM Punk fits in uh, as far as the title picture goes? I mean, since he's got there, uh, he's pretty much just given the CM Punk rub to everybody, you know, that uh, that he's going in the ring with, uh, you know, and so, um, which is great to see, uh, you know, it's great to see a guy that's that over and and, and that much of a, you know, uh, it, it, it's a classy veteran move. Um, but yeah, I mean, where do you where do you see him uh, figuring into the title picture at some point? That's an interesting one because it seems like the way he's talking is this is what he wanted to do when he came in was to work with the young guys and work with you know people he hadn't worked with. Obviously, a main event with Kenny and CM Punk at some point would be big business if they were to do it. I don't think anyone would turn that match down. I certainly wouldn't. And the same could be said of Hangman Page would probably be, you know, another enticing match for him. Hangman's not that old. He's probably, you know, he's farther along than the the other guys uh, CM Punk's been working with, obviously, and his developmental. But, man, that'd be a great match, too. I think the promos would be very good there as well because you – you know, you obviously have Hangman, whose whole thing is kind of drinking beer and the straight-edge thing with CM Punk that's been done a bunch of times in other places, Ring of Honor, WWE. But if they And it's kind of risky to have CM Punk do anything heel like that, especially when he's as over as he is. But I don't know. There's stuff you could do there. But I just – I don't know. He seems he seems to want to do this, uh, this thing with the newer guys like uh, Will Hobbs and Darby Allin and – you would think MJF's the one that's got to be on his list coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the one to me that would, you know, depending on what happens with Darby Allen, obviously, I think MJF and CM Punk would be something that would, that would be great promos. And I think we've talked about that one a couple times, but that, yeah. that's something I would pay close attention to if it were to happen. I think that one is possible. Uh, but yeah, I like what you said with, you know, Hangman Page, they'll say he loses to Kenny Omega, yeah, and then Hangman Page versus CM Punk. I mean, that, 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 you know, the way that CM Punk has kind of played it so far with the guys he's wrestled against, yeah, you would almost think, I mean, like, like, you know, it seems like he wants to fight the AEW guys. He wants to fight the guys that have, that, that have been there, that, that, that have not really come from other companies. The, sort of the newer talent. So, uh, and either one of those matches, I think, would be, would be incredible. I mean, I'm just so excited with AEW now that, you know, week in and week out, I mean, just their cards are, 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 are great. I mean, the, you know, they're, they're, they're it's, the, the shows are getting way more consistent. It's a great balance now when, 
you know, we talked about this before. They had so much kind of silliness, uh, in, in, in the first, you know, year, year and a half that sometimes it took me out of it. It was like, all right, you know, when are they going to get serious here? You know, this is just, you know, it, it was just, it was just so much comedy. Well, now because everything is, is serious, when you, when I see a guy like Orange Cassidy, I'm not like, it's not like I'm turned off. It's like, oh no, he fits here now better because everything else going on around him just got a lot more serious. So there's more room for, for, for that, uh, for that now. And I think, you know, honestly, uh, it, to me anyway, uh, it's just a great balance from top to bottom. Yes, and one to keep an eye on. I know the Forbidden Door is opened here and there. We saw Minoru Suzuki come through the last time. CM Punk, and I brought it up before, Will Ospreay is over here, and he's kind of stuck over here because of the way the, the virus is being handled in Japan. It's hard to get guys from outside the country into Japan, and Will Ospreay's over here kind of working New Japan shows in America for the hour-long show Strong, and Boy, that's got to be on top of everyone's wish list if you've got Will Ospreay versus CM Punk anywhere in the world, be it at the New Year's event in New Japan or be it at an AEW event on national TV or a pay-per-view. Obviously, that's one, too, I, I would keep an eye on because those guys were talking about working together before he signed anywhere. They have that relationship now, and Osprey coming in, obviously, that'd be huge. You know, I, I, that's just, that guy's so fun to watch. And especially now, it would really work because Osprey's a heel. He is the leader of the United Empire. That's kind of his, he's had a complete attitude change and is, is being a little more physically dominant. He obviously has all the great high-flying stuff, but he started to add a real nasty edge to his offense. I think that would be that would be really – he's underrated on promos, too. I just – I love Will Ospreay. And I think that one, if they could find a way to work it out where they could get him for a match or, you know, a stretch a month or so, boy, that would be something really special with those two if they could find a way to make it happen. That would, that would be tremendous. You know, I, this is the last pay-per-view, I think, right for the year. So they're not going to be back with a pay-per-view again until May if they keep keep to their schedule. Well, they have the, the new deal with TNT kicks in next year. They have a major, uh, they have like a clash of the champions. They're going to do four big events on TNT. The first one of those they said is scheduled for January. So that's all they're going to load that. That may be where Brian Danielson gets his title shot. I wouldn't be shocked at that, but I think their thing is those are going to be like pay per view quality events, but they're going to be on, you know, cable television, like the old clash of the champions. So. Mm. That's that's something to keep an eye on. That's something that would catch some eyes for sure. I really think the next the next four or five months before whatever their next pay per view is, like legit pay per view, the one you know when you got to go to Bleach Report or whatever and 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 pay fifty bucks to see. I think it's just a it's it's going to be really interesting to see. It's kind of a crucial time, but they've got all the right pieces kind of in place here uh, to really to really kind of catch on and 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 make a run. You know they got a bump. Obviously, in the ratings, when CM Punk came back, it was sort of unfortunate that they that Dynamite got moved to Saturday nights there for a few weeks. Uh, you know, around uh, was it hockey or, or, or baseball? I think I, possibly, but, mm-hmm. but but you know, so it was a little unfortunate that they've had to kind of you know bounce around nights. But but boy, man, with the, with with the momentum that they that they have and the roster they have, yeah, you know, I, I got to think it's only a matter of time before this really really kind of catches on and catches fire. Um, and especially, you know, when you got your competition on the other end of things really sort of falling apart before your eyes as far as how they do things and as far as, uh, you know, just releasing so many folks and th- these next, these next five, six months for AW, I mean, I think this is going to tell us a lot, a lot about where this company is headed and, and, and really how big they can get. Yeah. WWE, I hate to say it strikes me as WCW near the end, but they're somehow making a ton of money. <laughs> Makes no sense that the product is so bad. Yeah, it's so ironclad because of those TV deals. They're not going anywhere, but it's just, man, that, that product is, oh boy, is that just brutal to watch. And AEW, you talk about bumps, these guys that make debuts there. I mean, that's going to bump interest, you would think, or get at least people to take a look at it every time it happens. And they keep handing them guys that people are going to want to see, you know, it's, uh, it's like this week, does Bray Wyatt or, or you know, his last name's, uh, you know, does he does he change his name and make his debut at the pay-per-view? I wouldn't be shocked if that something like that happened. 
Yeah, no, without a doubt, he's the next sort of really, really big, uh, big free agent still out there that I think that people expect to go to AEW. Um, but even like the underneath stuff, uh, you know, so like Leo Rush just showed up with Dante Martin. They just had a, uh, an excellent match with, with Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty last night on Dynamite. I mean, what just like even some of the guys that are, you know, that are generally going to be, you know, your mid carters or, or, you know, like that has has raised so much in AEW now too, to where uh, just yeah, I mean, th- there's never really an off week. Like, I mean, I I I've I even started, you know, for a while there, I never watched AEW Dark. It was just like, all right, you know, this is kind of this is pretty rough. Since crowds have been back and since this roster, uh, you know, has gotten bolstered by you know with 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 so many so much new talent, um, there's a lot of good matches, especially on the the, the Dark Elevation, which is I think the shorter of the two. It's usually on for. Uh, there's usually like five or six matches on there, but like that's been a really, really entertaining watch here, uh, in, in, in the last few months. Yeah, and we haven't even said the name Malachi Black, who you think right. if a baby face becomes world champion, he's gotta be at the top of the list for probably at least either Hangman Page or Brian Danielson. Either one I'd watch, you know, Malachi Black in there. That guy, that would be huge business. I mean, my interest would definitely be up with him. I love his whole, I, I love the headdress when he comes in. The whole thing is just great. And that's that's what I mean by WWE. That, he looks unbotchable, you know? The guy looks like a Viking that stepped off a longshore ship in the 1600s, and, you know. They somehow mess it up. <laughs> and within three months, he's a huge star, and you're like, yes, I want to see him in every main event. Or, you know, he, I want to hear him talk. I want to just see Malachi Black on, on television. So yeah, Malachi Black is tr- tremendous, and and I'm kind of surprised they didn't do one more chapter of Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes on this on Full Gear. But you know, just you don't have time for so much. But you know, speaking of which, Cody Rhodes, where does he go? I mean, you know, I think everybody kind of thought he was gonna uh, you know have a heel turn there. He's getting booed, um, you know, pretty routinely now. I think that uh, you know, the, the 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 reality show with he and Brandy has kind of rubbed people the wrong way. Um, but yeah, where does where does Cody go from here? Yeah, I mean, the reality show was a very Miz-like move, I think, in the minds of a lot of, I don't know. That's kind of what it struck me as anyway. And I don't know that the AEW audience is going to, I haven't watched, I have no idea, it may be tremendous. I I just, I don't know, it's not something I'm interested in. And I was kind of like, ooh, I don't know how that's going to play. I didn't feel strongly one way or another, but he's been, you know, with that, you know, the, the fan favorite for a long time, obviously a turn would freshen him up quite a bit. And he's very good at, as I saw him in Ring of Honor and New Japan when he was feuding with Kenny Omega. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty good at playing the heel. He's, he's really good at it. Yeah, I, I gotta think he's gonna he's gonna make that turn, but yeah, you just wonder where they're gonna do it because, like I said, he's not slotted in here, um, you know, for this uh, for this for this pay per view. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see like with him, and then yeah, like I said, where where does Malachi Black go from this? And also another guy, another WWE guy, a refugee, you know, uh, Andrade is they really haven't done a whole. A whole heck of a lot with him yet in in AEW, but we know how great of a uh, an in ring worker he is, and so he's he, ready for a title. You know, you could do a major event centered around him easily. He's going to give you a great match. You saw Pac on the roster who just fought Dax Harwood. You know, uh, on on Dynamite where those guys really laid into each other. But yeah, I mean, this roster uh, they've uh, the, the the sunny kisses and Joey Janela's of the world are not uh, are not long for this company, I don't think. Or if, and if they are, we're not going to be seeing a lot of a lot of them. Yeah, they might be getting squashed on dark by some of the guys coming in. I, yeah, I'm kind of glad the days of, of those guys. There, there, there were some acts like Kip Sabian was another one I just didn't get. You know, the, the, those were three guys. I was just like, I I don't see it. You know, they gave it a shot. It just doesn't quite, quite work. They got so many great options now. I would really like Keith Lee. I mean, Karrion Cross, he mentioned him as an that you know, he just a really great prospect that WWE somehow messed up by making him a, a fifth member of Demolition or fourth member. I think he had Axe Smash Crush and now you had Terry and Cross. I don't know what they were doing. That's another guy's like, how do you mess him up? You just how? Yeah, and they sure did. And you know, and they they split him up from his his wife. And you know, that like that's a as a couple that were so over. And yeah, just completely fumbled. But yeah, I I, I cannot 
as far as talent signing with uh, with AEW, I, I I'd be shocked if Karrion Cross and Scarlett didn't end up in AEW. Yeah, those out of the last wave, Keith Lee obviously and Karrion Cross were the two. Like, if I was the one looking over, obviously, and I don't. It's easy for me to say because I'm not running the budget, but I'm looking at those two and I'm like, yes, please. And you know, like Kyle O'Reilly, it's come out his deal in NXT is up in January. You, you talk about great tag teams. You already have Bobby Fish. You get Kyle O'Reilly. You reunite Red Dragon. I mean, those guys are spectacular as a team. You think them and FTR, them, them and anybody is going to be just incredible. Those guys are great. And if they keep signing the way they're signing too, I mean, uh, uh, you know, there's got, it's, it's got to come to the point where there, there ends up being like a, you know, like dark titles, you know, where there ends up being, you know, titles just for the YouTube shows and, and not like, you know, crazy out of hand, but I, I could, I could certainly see them, see them going Making that dark, like, yeah, like NXT basically. Right. Where it's its own, it's its own kind of thing and it's its own sort of, uh, yeah, its own sort of faction with, well, you know, under, under the AEW uh, umbrella, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's just a tremendous time right now to watch to to to, to watch what is going on at AEW. I'm so uh, so happy that crowds crowds are back too because that's made such a huge huge difference. You know, we were, it was they were kind of on a a pause there, like like the rest of the world was. But you know, I mean, it was I appreciate that they were doing those shows when they were doing them. But yeah, like you know, now with the crowds back, it's just it, it's been super fun to see. You see who's over. You see, uh, just just wrestling needs fans. It just does. It does, and a, and a, actually another couple guys to watch. You talked about Andrade, well, you know, he's one of his best friends and former stable mates in the original Los and Gobernables was Rouge, the former ROH world champion. Now, he had a medical emergency in August and is done for the year, but when he's healed up, I mean, Rouge and his brother Dragon Lee were originally, you know, part of Andrade's group. That's like a ready-made trio. I, that's a ready-made trio. And one belt I would like to see him add, just because not many people have it. Uh, Ring of Honor did, and of course they folded. New Japan has it, but the trios championship. Think mm-hmm. of how many great three-man teams they they have ready made for that. You know, you've got Death Triangle, you've got you know the young the, the Super Click, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole. You've got the Dark Order. You can certainly find three guys from that faction to put in there. And if you get, you know, Los and Gobernables or whatever they would call themselves to get around copyright because it's owned by uh, CMLL, I mean, there's just all sorts of fun you could have with that. And those matches are action-packed because it's, you know, six-man tag. There's always bodies everywhere. Without a doubt, man. No, we're we're in a good place, you know. So, uh, well, speaking of a good place, should we wrap it up there? Should we leave it at that? Yes, I, I think that's good. It's always great to, to sit around and talk, VJ. This has been a, a lot of fun. No, absolutely, and it's it's nice that uh, you know I, I, I remember having do, doing a couple of these where we we pretty much just ripped on everything that we went over. <laughs> Everything's bad, <laughs> it's like, especially during the last you know the last parts before AEW started. I think oh, we were God. doing that when we started this. It was just WWE, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's been great. But yeah, it's always a pleasure, and uh, and yeah, I mean, well, I'm not sure. Uh, when the next pro wrestling quarterly will be, but I'm sure it'll probably be maybe it'll all around the, uh, the clash of the champions sort of thing, uh, you know, coming up, uh, coming yeah. up in months. Yeah. Another, I guess real quick, another thought is Kevin Owens is coming up pretty soon. Yeah. You know, the long relationship he has with the young bucks and Adam Cole. I mean, <laughs> there's yep. already the meme going around. Just keep fighting dot, dot, dot for three more months. Yep. <laughs> I, and, and the way things have gone backstage with Charlotte Flair at WWE, she's I not. I would be shocked if she ends up there eventually. She's not a happy camper over there. Her boyfriend or fiance Andrade is in 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 AEW now as it is. Ah, uh, yeah. And you know there was already rumors that uh, that Ric Flair was going to come over before um, you know that he was going to show up before too long. Uh, you know before the uh, the dark side of the ring came out about the the plane ride from hell, but. Uh, but I think that's going to eventually kind of is going to blow over some too. And I think you're eventually going to see Ric Flair there too. I think it has a little bit because then they uncovered a bunch. Of, I mean, that whole thing was a mess. I, I don't, why are we digging up that stuff from 20 years? You know, I don't know. I just didn't like, I didn't like the topic. I didn't like, I just, ugh. I don't yeah. know. That wasn't very interesting to me. And it was, uh, I just, well, no one looked good. 
No, nobody looked good. And it, 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 well, too, it was sort of a story that's been told so many times over the years. Like, you know, and even on WWE told that same story in like their animated show. I don't know if you saw it. It was like, it was never, you know, it was never sort of presented the way that it was on Dark Side of the Ring. And I'm not saying that, you know, everything that was, was, was kosher on that flight, but, um. No, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying, I just. Right. Uh, I, it's just not something I took great pleasure in watching. It's like, I don't want to, I, I think when I, it may have been Rob Van Dam that said, do, do we really need to know about this? And I was kind of with him, you know, where it's like, I remember Bill Simmons when he was at ESPN, he said he had a chance to hang out with the Boston Red Sox. He's a huge Red Sox fan after a game. And he said, absolutely not. I don't want to know what these guys get into at a club because it's going to taint my opinion of them forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing it. And I guess he had heard the stories and it was pretty awful, as you would expect. Similar type thing. Guys are taking their wedding rings off, putting it in the pot, you know, just horrible stuff that you would expect with baseball players. And it's kind of the same with me. It's like, I, I'm not saying what they did is right by any means. I'm saying I don't want to know. I just don't let the criminal justice system, let the court <laughs> sort out anything that's wrong, but I don't want to know. I think, uh, I think we both agree there's way too much, uh, cancel culture sort of out there now. Uh, you know, and just, yeah, I, 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 I do agree. You know, let's, uh, let's stick to, let's, let's, let, let, let's stick to the wrestling and, uh, and, and, and just go from there. Yeah. I mean, you've seen some, we- I still think the Jim Cornette one was one of the weakest ones with the NWA. That one was. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great, obviously it was, you know, not a great thing to say in current year argument, but I don't think it rose to the level of we need to fire him. Right. And then, and then the guy that did the firing, you know, um, he ends up getting busted himself for something far worse or accused of far worse, obviously. And he's out the door. Right. Exactly. Well, him, him signaling and throwing Jim Cornette under the bus looks really bad in hindsight when. <laughs> Jim just said something that was appropriate 20 years ago and just became kind of a, it's a kind of not great in 2020 or 2019 or whenever he said it. Yeah. Less, uh, less of the cancel culture, more of, uh, uh, more of the wrestling for sure. And, uh, but no, Cliff, it's always a, always a pleasure to get together with you here. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully we can, uh, we'll, we'll be doing this again sooner than later. All right, absolutely, BJ. Great to talk to you as always, and uh, hope everyone has a great time watching the show. Excellent. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy holidays, and uh, yeah, for, for for Cliff Hickman, I'm BJ Lisko, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>